Greetings, Crusaders. Welcome to another podcast of the Nerd Crusade. I'm your host, Ian, and with me this week is Courtney. Hello. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about TV shows. Uh, we finished the Halo finale, <laughs> we watched the first three episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we finished Stranger Things. So we are going to have spoilers, so if you don't want to hear that, you're going to have to skip ahead. Uh, we will be talking about them in the order that we just said, so it would be Halo, Obi-Wan, and the Stranger Things. Um but we're just going to kind of go through the stuff, probably talk more about on Obi-Wan and Stranger Things, because we've already talked about Halo. We'll just wrap up what their finale was, basically. Um, so the finale aired a few weeks ago. Um, it was, In my opinion, I think it was very underwhelming, because it didn't seem feel like it was a finale of anything. Yeah, they didn't wrap anything up for a first season. They didn't bring anything back, like the uh, one chick and the... Black Spartan guy. Yes, yeah, like, Sor- Yeah, thank you. I can't remember their names because that's how much I don't care about them. Because <laughs> they don't bring anything to the story. And like I said, they just kind of, all right, that one last episode with those two in it, boop, we're, don't even touch on that ever again. Yeah, usually like when you have, when you're writing a story, <laughs> excuse me, when you're writing a story, you have multiple different characters and you have two, two different story arcs going on. Usually what you do is you bring those arcs to come back at the end to make some huge connection or huge reveal that how they both connect or whatnot. But like the Asian chick and Soren storyline just ended at like episode seven and then they went on to finish off with Master Chief, Holsey and the Covenant chick. Um, Which, yay, the Covenant chick's gone <laughs> now. We don't have to see her ever again. Yeah, yeah they ended up killing her right at the end. Yeah, they yeah. killed her. One of the other Spartans shot her. But, like, let's see what they like. So, basically... Kai shot her. The only, yeah. like, good Spartan that they showed was Kai. And she did what she was supposed to do. It's shoot the enemy. What's the enemy? The Covenant chick and the Covenant. Yeah, cause, she did her job! Because, <laughs> basically, what ended up happening was, like, Kai escapes, leaves... Goes to the Covenant with the artifact. Chief and Spartans follow. Not Kai. Not Kai, but the, the Covenant, Covenant chick. chick. <laughs> Chief and the Spartans go and follow. Holsey is supposed to be arrested, but uh, looks like she escaped and crash landed uh, on Reach. While Chief and them go after uh, the Covenant chick. They end up on a, on a Covenant planet. Uh, the battle scene at the end looked like garbage compared to all the other battle scenes we've seen so far because... It, the budget CG ran out. Yeah, it's like obviously the budget ran out, and the CG just did not look as good as it did everywhere else. And so, like on this planet, you have like the three uh, prophets, mm-hmm. a bunch of grunts and San- and Sankili or, or uh, elites, and like literally four Spartans are getting their ass kicked by elites and grunts, which seems ridiculous. Yeah, the prophets just decide to float. Up above this temple that they're in, just kind of watching, and just sit there, and nobody bothers to shoot them. <laughs> yeah, it's like clearly they're with the elites and the grunts because right now they don't know anything that's going on. And technically, they're supposed to know that the Covenant is a threat in, in the UNSC. So, like, so it's you not shoot a surprise. Them. <laughs> yeah. Like, they should know know that hey, kill the Covenant. Um, there's a scene where he fights a brute, which I guess is supposed to be uh one of the protagonists in Halo Infinite, 
Artrox or Atreox or something, which doesn't make any sense because Atreox leaves the Covenant because he doesn't believe in them or, or is somebody who opposes the Covenant. So there's no point why he's with them. But basically, they go through a really cheap fight. They're activating the artifact that shows the, shows that there's a bunch of Halo rings and kind of where they're at. Again, this galactic hologram. Yeah. Uh, Cortana takes over Chief's body. Yeah. Chief just like kind of gives up, like, oh, I'm done with this. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was weird. Yeah, because basically Chief, Master Chief doesn't become Master Chief until Cortana does the one thing that she says she couldn't do, which was take over his body completely, which she puts him in a coma, takes over his body, and then he starts killing everything in sight. Like, oh, Master you Chief. Mean, like Master Chief? Yeah. So what we know and love. So it makes no sense whatsoever. And then they uh, they basically get the artifact, they get off and they get off out of there without killing the prophets, but surviving and Cortana's now in control of Chief's body while he's like in a coma. She keeps the helmet on. Yeah, it keeps the helmet on the whole time, basically. The victory there, I guess. And then Halsey's ship that supposedly crashed and they found and they Hul- captured Halsey. Captured Halsey. It turns out that Halsey was a clone, so you don't know when she switched out the the clone of herself. But she has a, it was a clone. It wasn't really her. And she yeah, so she's just running around somewhere on reach. Yeah. So like, and then that's the end of the season. So like, we all expect the end of the season would be like the Covenant show up at Reach, and then you have like the fall of Reach, and then you go into the Halo uh, story. Instead, again, they're going a completely different route. Doesn't seem like they give a crap about the. Uh, canon or about the main uh how the stories unfold in the games or even what the story is in the game they don't um, even care what the story is going on in this tv show dude they're all over the place on this they have no direction yeah it's, it's just garbage and they've already been greenlit for a second season but i would say it's not even worth watching because this isn't even a decent sci-fi story it's just garbage uh with a halo uh set paint on well, it's it just, yeah it's just a halo skin on this weird genetic uh sci generic thank you sci-fi show that they didn't really have an idea of what to do or like a real arching story it's just like oh we want to shoot like these few scenes and that's it yeah and the fact that the really like things really sexy is that you have four spartans who are getting uh you're sneaking up on on Covenant troops and whatnot, and they get called out by grunts, which are stupid. Mm-hmm. So, and they start getting their butt kicked by grunts and elites, which is stupid. Which is also dumb. And then when Master Chief is knocked out, is when it starts when he starts acting like the Master Chief people know from the games, which is like killing everything and actually being successful at being a soldier, and which is all Cortana is doing. Which is like. This is stupid. So Cortana's in control of Chief's body. Like that makes no sense, especially since like they went through a whole sequence of him trying to kill Halsey to prove whether or not Cortana could take over his body, and she said she couldn't. And then, oh, just just when they need it, they go ahead and do it. Yeah. Um, and then what? Basically, one of the Spartans gets a plasma grenade on them. It blows up. Blows up. They don't die. And they decide to like start to try and resuscitate her. Resuscitate him, and it's like there's literally lung hanging out of their armor. It's like, what are you doing? Chief comes and just starts burning her flesh. It's like, what? Yeah, it's like, you think, I guess, the idea is he's going to cauterize the wound, but the car, the wound the, is the lung. It's just sitting there. So it was really, really stupid. It was not good. Yeah, so 
if you watch the Halo Halo series, <laughs> I'm sure you know how terrible this is. If you're actually a fan of it and you actually liked it, please contact us, comment below, let us know what you actually think of it, what it is that you like, because as somebody who grew up with the Halo games and knowing the Halo lore, um, this show is terrible. <clears throat> and it clearly way. wasn't made for me. I don't know who 343 is trying to make it for. Um, I think that's the problem it comes down to like when you're trying to adapt uh, video games to film movies. <clears throat> is that people think the only reason why video games are good is because of its, its interactivity or interactive entertainment, whereas like you take a book and you make it a movie, it's passive entertainment to more passive entertainment. It's just instead of imagination, you have visual passive entertainment. Where when you take a video game making a movie, you're taking an interactive visual entertainment into a just passive visual entertainment. Um, but the thing is, like, we like video games not because of the gameplay. We like video games because of the story and the action that we get to play as well. We're okay watching watching that fold out without the interactivity. I mean, yeah. that's what Twitch is all built on is people watching other people play a game. So clearly, you can literally rewrite the story and show us it in 4K fidelity uh, in real life with really good CG and people will still watch it and be entertained. You don't need to change all this shit. Like, nobody said, huh, Halo, you know what this really needs? A sex scene. Uh, no, but you know what they said it, they needed? It needed butts. And lots of them. And lots of butts you didn't know you needed to see. Yeah. So, absolute garbage show. Would not watch it. Would not. I'm not interested in seeing season two when that comes out, or even watching that. Oh, you don't want a special? It's over cake again. No, I mean, even though even though it's fun to watch it with friends and make fun of it, like I don't want to watch it again to encourage them to continue making it. Fair. Uh, because the first season, yeah, they made it. It was already made. It's so cool. Let's go and watch and see what they put together. And like a lot of shows lately, lately shows are being greenlit for season twos before they get uh, shown to the public. So they're going to make a season two regardless if this was good or bad. Uh, season two viewership is what's really going to let them know, do they continue with it? And I'm not going to add to the numbers of people watching it to make them think that it's a successful show. Yeah. So, and I encourage you guys not to watch it. It's, it's garbage. If you're a Halo fan, it's not for you. If, you maybe, if you've never heard of Halo, you have no idea what we're talking about, maybe check it out and see, what, see if it's something that you like. It's on Paramount+. Plus, But it's not a show that I would recommend. It's very generic. I mean... CW used to be the lowest of the low when it came to like poor production, poor story writing shows outside like the few gems like Smallville and whatnot. Uh, but, but this, this somehow is, surpassed that. This is way, way worse. I mean, this has got to be the absolute worst show in the world. It's like as if they took, imagine they take like Star Wars or Star Trek and they basically turned the story into like. A Lord of the Rings story, you'd be like, what the fuck? This is supposed to be sci-fi. Why is it not sci-fi? This is a sci-fi show that's supposed to be based off of Halo, and it feels nothing like Halo. It's just generic space marines. Well, it doesn't even follow yeah, for you know, military procedures either. Yeah, it's so convoluted. It's, it's not worth it. And I think yeah. That's all we're going to say about that. Let's so. move on. Skip it. So, now onto something way, way better is Obi-Wan Kenobi show, which came out on uh, Disney+. Plus. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen the first three episodes so far. Um, the controversy that you might be seeing online of people like saying, hey, it's terrible, hey, they're, they hate their fans or they're bait and switching, that's not true whatsoever. Uh, I think a lot of people thought this was going to be about the Inquisitioner Reva, which is a, the one of the black characters. and people, The third sister. Yeah, third sister who's Inquisitioner. 
uh, who people freaked out about. And I guess some of the bigoted fans out there are racist and really hated the idea of having a black lead or something. Um, honestly, it's not about her. Uh, I think there will be a point, like, as it is with everything in Star Wars, where somebody working for the Empire is going to switch sides, and it probably will be her. <clears throat> but it might be for different reasons, which could be more interesting. Um, but this is definitely a show about Obi-Wan. Um, if people thought it was going to be about Obi-Wan and him looking over Luke, like, there's no story there because Luke only knows that Ben Kenobi is a hermit and knows nothing else about him in, in Episode Four. So there's no story of him just sitting on Tatooine, avoiding the Empire, and watching over Luke. The story, what yeah. they have here, is really... It's a Le- lot more interesting. Yeah, is Princess Leia gets kidnapped. Young Princess Leia. Young about, Princess- they say she's 10, but she looks more around like 8 yeah. at most. Gets kidnapped, and Obi-Wan goes out to, to save her and try to get her back to Alderaan. That's way more interesting, and that uh, makes sense because... How else does Princess Leia know that Obi-Wan is Kenobi is her only hope and sends the message to him in a, in a new hope, right? Because he who is in charge of watching after Luke, not her. <laughs> so I think first three episodes, first two episodes set up and I say third episode is really, really good. It gives everybody what I think they're looking for, which we'll talk about in a second. The first two episodes set up what I wanted to definitely see, which was the Inquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts off with the bang, too, because it starts off with the assault on the Jedi Temple and the younglings getting killed and a bunch of them escaping. Which I will say, though, if you play the Fallen Order, I think what they're trying to do with that scene is given away if you already know the Fallen Order story. The thing they're trying to say, hey, look, there's Jedis that escaped and they're out and running around. Um, there are other Jedis other than just other than the ones Yoda that... and Obi-Wan out there. Yeah, and other than the the... Jedi's that were out there who uh, were on missions or not at the temple, like some younglings escaped. So there's got to be some Jedi's that grow up that grew up out in the universe hiding, hiding or <clears throat> became part of the Inquisition. Yeah, which is which we know from playing Fallen Order that hey, a bunch of Padawans that got out got captured by the Empire and then they became the Inquisition's like third sister, second sister, and all that. I think Fallen Order falls second sister mm-hmm. and maybe fifth sister. Ninth. Ninth sister, that's right. <clears throat> two, only two of the Inquisitioners, where the Obi-Wan show is following Obi-Wan as he's being hunted down by the Grand Inquisitioner. Um, two other Inquisitioners, one uh, uh, brother and then third sister, who is this Riva character, um, who is really like disrespected by everybody. And they're like, no, not her... The other Inquisitioners don't even like her because she's too ambitious and too much of an asshole. Which, which I guess is very ambitious. And yeah, which so is exactly what it is. Because like perfect. the Sith are supposed to be like ambitious and power hungry, and to gain power, you're supposed to kill kill your mentors to take their place, right? And she's pushing really hard to want to be instead of hunting down random Jedi to hunt down Obi Wan. Um, but she's being obnoxious. She's sl- killing innocents over it. Uh, the other Inquisitors don't like her methods. Um, just because they think she's she's less less lesser than they are, I guess. Um, and I guess a lot of people are saying, hey, they don't like her, she's annoying. But I'm like, that's exactly what she's supposed to be, though. So she's doing the, the character correctly. Yeah. This is not supposed to be a likable character. Um, but what I do see happening is they'll do the typical thing where by the end of the series, she'll switch sides, save Obi-Wan Kenobi out of having to... F- of a final fight with Vader and lose because uh, Vader can't die. Yeah, lose her, and Vader will either kill her or she'll get away and we won't get away or whatnot. Or 
she won't try to be helping Obi-Wan. She's going to try and uh, excel in her level by trying to kill Vader and take his place. And yeah. not get, and obviously she won't win that either. Uh, that's how I see the series going either way. But I think what's more interesting is Obi-Wan and his adventure with with little Leia. Um how sassy she is. Yeah, she's really... Her, so the girl who plays her does a really good job because like, she's really, really sassy. And definitely fits what you think Princess Leia was like as a little girl. Considering how we know how she is as as a young woman and as older and as, and as old. an adult and an old granny, yeah. So I think that part looks really cool, and I'm excited to see how that how much further that goes. Yes, and I love the Inquisition's lightsaber. It is so awesome because it can be a single or a double, and then you have that little kind of handguard. Half hoop or full hoop, depending if it's full or half. And, of course, the costume design is gorgeous. And I love how each uh, Inquisitor, like, it's a uniform look, but individual. Yeah. I think they did a really good job with that. I like how the Inquisition definitely, like how they look in Fallen Order and definitely Mm -hmm. how they look here. Um. Also, uh, episode three, which I think is probably one of the best episodes of the series, depending on how they do the finale. That's uh, far. Uh, is Obi Wan and Darth Vader finally meeting up and having a fight? And you actually kind of see like how pissed <laughs> off Vader is about <laughs> not having the high ground the last time. Um, it's so funny. It made yeah. me laugh a little bit, but I love that they have uh, James Earl Jones as the voice of Vader. It's just so great that they had him do that instead of Hayden Christensen. No offense to Hayden Christensen, but you think Vader, you think well, they, James they, Earl Jones. And they've always had Vader as the voice for him, even it's in just the that prequels. that sexy voice. That, ugh, so scary, sexy. I love but that. you definitely get the good performance of like, hey, this isn't the robotic, like, I'm going to just kill everything Vader as, and get and get my gold. This was, you see Vader actually being like, hey, this is personal. Because he had to be one of his grips, but instead of just killing him immediately, he was like, all right, I'm going to light the ground on fire, and now I'm going to drag you through this fire so you can feel slowly, what I felt like. Just <laughs> and then you see this gnarly freaking burn all down Obi-Wan's arm. And it is, it's disgusting looking. And I give him props for pushing the envelope on how dark they're making this series i love it like the sliced in half uh stormtrooper oh yeah like that was <laughs> like that's one of the things in the game of fallen order that people complain about is that when you're using a lightsaber and you if you kill an animal you'll cut off limbs yeah and cut them in half but if you kill a stormtrooper human being it never severs any body parts with them and it's always been the debate it's like is that too violent in star wars for kids will disney let something like that happen Whenever people are fighting, even in the prequel movies, mm-hmm. um, other than like specific moments of like hands Darth being cut Maul. off <laughs> and a head getting cut off, like you don't see a ton of human human body or humanoid body dismemberment all over the place. Um, but here in episode three, it wasn't even a lightsaber that did this. This is like literally it's like a light gate. Yeah, right? it's a laser gate that a stormtrooper fell off the roof and landed on, and it literally just cut him in half. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at death, but it's just, I don't know. It's just slightly humorous. Well, it's also like surprising because we don't expect to see that in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, they don't usually cut human beings in half and like, oh, look, he's cut in half. He fell on a laser gate. 
That's what it's happens. It's like, no, he is dead. There's nothing coming back from that. Um, but it definitely does add a nice bit to the whole uh, canon that, like, hey, Vader is out looking for Obi-Wan. He does meet up with him. You do see uh, Vader take a personal stake in that fight and not just, I, I just got to kill you to kill you. Yeah, it's very personal, this fight. And you could feel, like, in his movements, just, like, how pissed off he is. Yeah. <laughs> and just, like, the satisfaction of him pulling Obi-Wan through that fire. He's, it's, like, gleefully in his voice and how and in his movements, just that, that torture. Yeah. So this definitely is... Everybody's saying, like, they don't like this show and think it's bad. I don't know why, what they're complaining about. Um, everything they're here, being racist. Yeah, those are, those are racist fans. Like, now the, the new media spin is just he's calling all their fans racist. It's like, no, they're not. It's the assholes who were saying racist shit to the actress just because she was a black and that they think the show is going to be about her, where it's like... If you watch the show, it's not about her. It doesn't seem to be about her at all. And a lot of people also don't like uh, Leia. I'm like, uh, it's a little kid, Leia. I think she plays it just fine. And this makes for the perfect story to play before we get to New Hope because... Princess Leia has to know who Obi-Wan Kenobi is and know where he's at more so than just a story from her father. Mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting to see <clears throat> that her life was growing up with Alderaan and, and never traveling anywhere until this incident happens. This is her first time off Alderaan. Um, and Obi-Wan, like, looking at her and seeing how much, like, Padme that she is um, and, re and reminiscing about that. To one point where even Leia says, hey, are you my father? Because... Uh, how he's looking because you obviously see my mother i mean like and i can tell the way he's looking at her um which he tells her like no he's not but doesn't tell her who her father is obviously yeah <clears throat> but uh it should be pretty interesting i'm excited to see where we go from here uh, well we're still running away from our fader and the inquisition and just trying to get princess leia back to aldron where she'll be safe and how this ends with the inquisition yeah um because it'd be interesting if by the end of this the inquisition is destroyed somehow um, because you don't, I don't know exactly how many people are in the Inquisition. Maybe it's more than one of the old books or whatnot, but they don't exist in A New Hope. By oh, the time. no, they don't exist pretty much past, uh, this timeline. Yeah, you but don't you don't even hear about them, acknowledge them. You, all you know from A New Hope and onwards is, you know, the only Jedi are, was Obi-Wan before Vader killed him and Yoda. And then the only Sith were Vader and the Emperor. Yeah, but I think the one thing, like, um, the Grand Inquisitioner, which Riva kills in the first episode, or the second episode. Mm -hmm. um, well, we don't know if he's dead. Jesus, you see, you know, people come back to life all yeah, the time. Yeah, he stabs him. Like, he's in, like, Star Wars Rebels or something further down, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, which I don't know if it's played before or after. I don't know what the whole time, what necessarily the whole timeline is. But he's in one of the animated series. Everybody's like, and I think people were, were surprised that he was killed off in this right away, or at least stabbed. Um, so I don't know if he's going to make a comeback or whatnot. But basically, right now you have Riva and the rest of the Inquisition that's with her all biting to become Grand Inquisition Inquisitioner, um, which is who she killed to try and go after Obi Wan. And Vader basically saying, hey, whoever gives me Obi-Wan will basically get the job. Um, and Obi-Wan and Leia still running for their lives. is like, it's clear, as in, as we saw in the third episode with Obi-Wan fighting Darth Vader, that he's not as he's not the Jedi Knight he used to be, where... No. 
he has the same agility that he used to and all that. Like he's an old, worn out, kind of tired uh, man at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where this all goes. So I'm excited to see it. Uh, I'm sure it'll go to a second season or whatnot too. Who knows? But so far the show is really good. I doubt it'll go into a second season. I think this is a one-off, just a one-off type uh, series. But yeah, I'm interested to see how they complete this series and how it'll set up for a new hope. Yeah. Uh, all right, so like the last TV show we'll be talking about is Stranger Things. Stranger Things season four, part one came out okay. a couple weeks ago. Um, it was what I think seven to eight episodes. Uh, yeah, about seven. all about. All about like almost an hour and a half long, so it's like watching a little mini series movie for each episode. Mm-hmm. But done really well. And I think one thing that Stranger Things does really well, for as a horror TV show, is um, they don't rely on jump scares. It's all suspense, thrill, thrill, and like monster and gore design and yes. whatnot. And Stranger Things Force picks up with. Uh, where we ended in season three, where L goes off to California with um, the uh, with, with Joyce, with Joyce and her kids. Harper is in Russia. Yeah, trapped in Russia in a Russian, in Russian prison. Jail. And Mike and his friends are <clears throat> still in Hawkins, but they're having like divide that everybody goes through. Where like when you're like little kids in elementary school, high school hits, and somebody becomes a jock. Some people are still nerds and that type of stuff. And you start having that divide where... Uh, you start losing your friends a little. Yeah. And then uh, Max, uh, the redheaded girl, is at the point where she is so really grieving over her brother. Yeah. And really upset that he's dead. Even though he was a piece of shit through all season three. But... Uh, three, he was a piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. It's, it's her like brother. It's her only family. And, like, after his death, the stepfather left. And, like, she's living in a trailer park and life is shitty. Her mom's an alcoholic. Um... But the big homage in this season is really to Friday uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if part two ends up being an homage to another like classic horror slasher film genre. Because this one, they introduce a new villain who is on the upside down, but instead of like invading into the world like the Demogorgon or the the Mind Flayer did. It's um, using its psychic abilities to basically do the Freddy Krueger thing, like have people relive their worst fear or nightmare that they have, whether it be like one kid caused a car accident that killed somebody, so he feels guilt over that, so he's being uh, keeps having visions of people telling him that he's a murderer and that he's guilty. Uh, another girl who's stressed out about how her mom treated her kept having visions of her mom yelling at her about uh, her weight and like... Mm-hmm. How to be perfect. Uh, to a point like he gets into like the brink of fear and then he kills them. And absorbs their power. or Something like that. Like we, don't, we don't know exactly what he gets from it quite yet, but... Yeah. I mean, there has to be a rhyme and reason like, okay, you're killing people. There has to be, you know, a reason for other than like, I'm an asshole. Yeah, we don't know exactly what he's doing because this is something that happened 50 years prior in Hawking's. Mm-hmm. And then stopped, and then suddenly it started back up again. 
and when he kills them, like basically he's like starts breaking all their bones and leaves and them as like sucks in their eyeballs. Yeah, and like leaves them as like, a a pile of mass uh, there. <clears throat> and so throughout all this, is like basically we meet some new characters. Um, Argyle, who is in California with uh, Elle and everybody, and that's uh, older brother's uh, new best friend. He's the stoner pizza delivery guy. Um, really hilarious. Great, a great actor plays him. And then we also have Eddie, who's in Hawking's, who is like the D and D dungeon dungeon master of the nerd group, basically. And then what's really important to know is that this takes place during a small time frame in the '80s, where like there was a huge like freak out about Dungeons and Dragons being a sat- a satanic worship game and brainwashing people. And you make him cause murders. Yeah. Uh, there's even a Tom Hanks movie that's all about the same thing. It's just happened like for a very short period of time in the 80s. So the nerd group is like Mike and Dustin, and like they <clears throat> are playing DD and whatnot. And but the DD leader, it they're all looked at like they're devil worshippers, right? Because this is overtaking the nation. The jocks are super into that's this believing that. They are Satan worshippers and shit. And wanted to go after Eddie because uh, the cheerleader who's the first one to die dies in his trailer while she was getting drugs so she can uh, help block out these uh, visions visions that she was getting with her mom and uh, and uh, Oh, what is it? And grandfather clock that like keeps popping up yeah. for every single person. Yeah. So like how the how the whole thing works is like every, all the victims are emotionally disturbed over one thing or another. Um, they've all been talking to the school psychiatrist, and the first victim is this perfect cheerleader who obviously doesn't have the perfect life, had something some type of trauma going on that uh, the the villain I think it's Vicna is what it's yeah. called what he's called. Uh, uses to get to her and kills her. But he kills her in a show because Eddie is the de- the dungeon master, but he's also the neighborhood drug dealer for the school. And you know the kid who like is repeating school high school for like another year. So he's considered like the delinquent of the community. Um, was about to go sell her some drugs or whatnot as those things go. Probably just like weed or something. And then he comes back and she's in a trance, and then she dies in front of him, and he gets scared and runs off. So, because he's the dungeon master, everybody thinks he's satanic, and that's this is some uh, sac- ritual sacrifice. The jocks go on a vigilante hunting spree for him. The cops can't seem to keep anybody in their homes in this no, town. The cops in this season are so <laughs> bad. Yeah, because yeah, Ho- uh, Hopper Hopper's not there. Where meanwhile, back in California, um, Elle's getting bullied. Elle's getting bullied hardcore, and she doesn't have her powers to fight back. So. She, she doesn't know how to handle it. Doesn't know how to handle handle people. Uh, and spring break just happened. So, like, basically, Mike is now going to go to fly to California. To well, Mike go- flies out to California to hang out with uh, L and, um, oh, gosh, why can't I remember his name? L and basically all of Joyce's yeah. family. Um, to find out that she's being bullied and whatnot <clears throat> while the stuff's happening at Hawkins. Um and they do a really good job in the story because, like, as they as they go through this, things are happening in multiple different locations now. So you have an escape story happening with Hopper in Russia where he's got a contact out to Joyce in California and they're trying to buy pay a ransom to get him back. You have 
uh, Elle being bullied in California and trying to cope without having her powers and not being uh, cool with the fact that Mike has never said I love you in any of his letters, as you know, the little teenage drama goes with relationships. <laughs> and then you have these murders happening in Hawkins to where like there's a curfew, they don't want kids running out anywhere because people are disappearing, there's a manhunt for Eddie, while the other friends are trying to find Eddie before the cops do and keep him safe to figure out what's going on because they know it's this bigger universal th- thing that's going on. Yeah. Um, but basically, the ne- the one thing they have not explained yet is the father figure for L shows up again. Yep. Does <clears throat> they come and take L? Well, they first ask her, like, hey, do you want your powers back? We know how. And L's like, fuck yeah, I do. And goes off with um paul reiser's character um basically to a facility to try and um basically give her her powers back help her remember everything that happened in the past and the father guy is back there which we all think she killed right she killed him so we have no idea like like how is he alive we don't and they're not going to explain like first you think is he just a vision is this a dream or something like or uh is he really there but other people are interacting with him. He's really there. He's alive. We don't know why. She has this huge memory that it looks like the, like she possibly killed all the test subjects uh, mm-hmm. when she was a child uh, before she finally broke out in season one. But it's a repressed memory, so she doesn't know what's happened. So they're trying to get her to remember exactly what happened. And at the very last episode, we find out exactly what happened at the massacre yeah um and through all this is this is how she'll get her powers back and she's starting to get them back every once in a while but that she keeps regressing because she thinks the little bit of memory that she regains that she killed everybody and that she's a horrible monster and not a superhero and they gotta get her to finish the memory through um all this time everybody's off running around doing stuff the hawking guys are out uh, trying to protect eddie and trying to figure out and uh, save Max so she doesn't get, you know, imp- well, not imploded, but broken. broken and and, and, yeah, Max has started to show, to show signs of what all the other victims were, which was they were having visions and hearing a ticking clock, uh, I think six days before they died. Yeah. And so she's just had a vision of a clock in a oh, hall. Figured out, like, how to at least suppress it. Yeah. With music. So, yeah, but basically she shows the signs of it. She thinks she's going to die. She's writing letters to everybody. She's uh, like a goodbye letter and like kind of shutting everybody out, preparing for her death. She doesn't think there's a way for him to stop it. She goes to her brother's grave and kind of like gets everything finally out that she needed to, only to finally get pulled into the, like, the upside down of this dream world by Vecna um, to where when they were doing – Nancy and they were doing research on how this happened 50 years prior – they went to a psych ward, and the doctor's like, hey, you know, music sometimes gets through to people that words don't. And that's when they realize... Well, they talked to the man who they think uh, killed the people 50 years ago, which turns out to be the actor for Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. That's why this is a huge nice homage to Nightmare on Elm Street, because they bring Freddy Krueger's actor in there as being the guy who got blamed for the murders their first time. Basically, his whole family got murdered, and he thought it was... They thought it was him. And he thought it was a demon. A demon. Whoever we, who we're all talking this demon as, as being Vecna, who's doing all this from the upside down or something. So, But the reason why he didn't die 
was because he heard this music start playing through. So instead of getting twisted and, you know, and I sucked in and imploded, he was able to escape. Basically, he that. pulls himself out of the trance by hearing music. Yeah. So while Max that- is in the graveyard saying her piece to her brother's grave, uh, she goes into this trance. They're trying to wake her up. They can't. Then they uh, get told, hey, play some music, play her favorite song. And that's when they realize, okay, she's listening to this music. He can't put her in a trance, and she can escape the trance while uh, listening to it, which basically she does. But in doing so, she actually gets into his mind, Vecna's mind, and sees a little bit about his past, which is this house, which is the house where the first murders took place. So they um, go to the house. Yeah. So they you know, do the whole uh, it thing, and they basically <laughs> go to the haunted house, uh, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, so... While they're doing that, you have um, Elle's taken off to go get her powers back. You have Mike and Argyle and uh, Joyce's kids out looking for Elle, I think, because he said, fuck it, we're going to go find her. Yeah. Also because there's a government agency who showed up to the house to kill them, basically. Yeah, so they're all on the run. And to find Elle, they got this uh, number that they have to dial in through uh, the internet but they don't know how to do that. So who do they go to? They go to Susie. Susie. Yeah. So they find out that Susie is nearby, is a road trip of a few hours away. So they drive to Susie's house. Get to see and meet Susie in the flesh. And it's awesome. Yeah, her Susie family is crazy. Great. She's like one of like tw- 12 kids probably. Yeah. And like she's super religious, but none of her like siblings are. You have like the true two drama students and then you have like two cooks that are burning down the kitchen yeah the kid who thinks he's a savage running around turning the power off constantly yeah and you have like the moody teenager that's trying to wrangle everyone and then you have the asshole dad who just locks himself away in his office yeah so (laughs) it's so good it's just there's a lot of moving parts to this series that they do a really good job at handling all this. And this is what we're talking about was the problem with Halo, right? Halo had two storylines that never connected and didn't really have any impact on what was really going on. Here we have like five. We have like Yeah, El- Hopper. We have Hopper in mm-hmm. Russia trying to get get out with mm-hmm. Joyce Joyce and uh the crazy bunker guy flying up to Alaska to try and get trying to get to Russia to get him out. You have L in a bunker trying to get her powers back. You have Mike and them trying to find L. You have the everybody in in Hawking's trying to find out who's killing every everybody and trying to stop it and save Max. Um, and you have this plot of like, did L kill everybody uh, in the research center prior or not? And it all comes together at the very end where you get to finally see what this memory was where. There was this one orderly that was nice to her that would help her out with exercises, but when he helped her, he would get beat and electrocuted by the other orderlies in front of the father figure guy, uh, Matthew Modine. It's just a normal thing. Um, but what you find out is that this guy w- was number one, as 11 is number 11. He has the actual number one tattoo. And it turns out that the guy who supposedly murdered his family, but blamed it on a demon... It wasn't a demon. It was his youngest son who had psychic powers, who was number one, 
who just basically hated his family and hated the world and and tortured and killed them. Um, but when his father broke out of the trance, uh, he went to an insane asylum and the research center picked him up and wanted to study his powers and then they wanted to replicate it. So that's how we end up with like all the other kids there who have some semblance of powers or whatnot up to 11. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that he's an orderly there helping the, helping the kids uh, with all the studies, but he's been... Um, they put like a little pellet or trank thing to block his power. Yeah, they, they basically put something in to block his powers and he gets L to help him pull it out. Yeah. And as soon as L pulls it out, he's t- he's tricked her into like, hey, I'm going to help you escape because this place is bad. And you're like me and you shouldn't be restrained. They're going to just do that to you, what they did to me. So he like hides her in a closet while he sets everything up for them to escape. But instead he goes off and he murders everybody. Yeah. And that's where <clears throat> L leaves and finds the massacre of bodies there and then finds him standing over it. And then basically they have they have a psychic fight. Psychic fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she ends up blasting him into the upside down. Like she creates it. We don't That's the thing that we don't know. It's like did the upside down exist or did she create it as a prison for him to stay locked in? Or I kind of think maybe it just already did, but she basically created a gate and pushed him through it and locked him out. So he's the Vecna character mm-hmm. who we think is trying to get back out because what they're saying is where the murders are happening, uh, gates are opening up to where they can travel through the uh, Upside Down and uh, the real world. Where they found one in the lake where one of the kids were killed. And uh, Steve... Gets sucked, gets pulled in, and they all jump in the water. The full, Nan- older team. Yeah, Nancy, uh, Robin, and, and, and Eddie, Eddie go follow <laughs> Steve. And they're all upside down, and then they get, make it back to the real world by falling through the gate opened in Eddie's trailer where the girl died. Yeah. Um, that's where they find out, okay, there's gates here, and they can uh, f- get through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they rejoin up with everyone else, and that's... what They leave off. Uh, in part one is Nancy and Steve are still stuck in the upside down because Nancy's now in that trance that Vecna puts the teens through before he kills them. So she's stuck. That's right. There. And then that's how she sees it and figures out like, oh, he's the kid from 1959 that killed his family. Yeah, because as, as villains do, they, they explain their backstory to somebody. Of course. And then he's like, he's probably going to be like, oh, I'm going to kill you. But since Steve's still there, hopefully Steve somehow is able to pull her back, which would be nice. Yeah, because I think that's where it answers. It goes back to, hey, Barb died and it's your fault her guilt over that. Yeah. Vecna grabs her and puts her in the trance uh, as she's transferring between the upside down and there and the real world. So, I mean, again, this is... A horror, sto- a horror TV show that has no jump scares in it. Minimal jump scares. I feel like there's not there's not some big monster around the corner that jumps out at you and scares you throughout all this. It's more of like, it's like watching it. Like it's terrifying because of all the supernatural stuff ha- happening. And now that we're in season four of it, like the main characters are so used to it. It's like, yeah, okay, we gotta save the world again. And, <laughs> and how they and Eddie's like, what the hell? Yeah, when they have to explain it to someone who's new to this whole thing, it's like, yeah, yeah, we know how this works, dude. It's just how it's just how things are. Just follow <laughs> us. And like the whole time they're saying, man, we used to have the girl who had superpowers and she's be able to kick everybody's ass. And it was now so much easier. <laughs> so. 
handle this show is, is really amazing. If you've not seen Stranger Things, definitely check out check out. It's on Netflix, all four seasons right now. Season part two, season four comes out in July. First I think, part of July. First part of July, so it's not that far away. Um, there might be a season five for this. Yes. Okay. There's a confirmed season five. I saw IMDb had season five listed, but didn't have any episodes listed for it. No. So I didn't know if they were confusing part two of season four or uh, there was an actual season five. Um, but it's like, if you like Stephen King stories, like, and especially like if you like movies like It and uh, the Stephen King's miniseries It, like, this is like that on steroids because you have, you're going to have a total of five seasons. I mean, every season so far has been right on point there's not been a bad season yet where usually like you get a good first season like walking dead and the second season is garbage you don't want to watch it and then like maybe the third or fourth season finally picks up this has been good all the way through i feel like yeah and it's like and it feels like one cohesive story yeah throughout the whole thing and then um the one thing we haven't talked too much about was the side story that's going on harper they're trying to get him out of russia they know he's there he's stuck in a prison a prison guard tries to help him escape. They both him and the prison guard end up back in prison. Uh to fight a demogorgon that they the Russians basically have. Which there. how they have a demogorgon? Who knows? Well they were had that gate there uh, on how he got through. Yeah, but we still don't know how like the Russians were able to do the whole gate thing. Or maybe they explain it in three but season three, but it's been a while. <laughs> I think it's just assume that they that they're using that laser thing that opened up a gate mm-hmm. from Russia to there, and that's how they're getting Russians into Hawking's uh, without normal travel. So I would just assume they got a Demogorgon out of the Upside Down somewhere. And so they basically have been feeding prisoners to it. So you get to see kind of a, a kick-ass fight of Harper and them fighting off a Demogorgon. Um, and then Joyce and them kind of, kind of show up at this Russian prison to break him out. Uh, the question now is how the hell they get the hell out of Russia. Um, but that's kind of just been the side part of it, and more of like Harper trying to understand that uh, what his purpose is that he's not necessarily cursed to all the people he meets uh, and him kind of kind of redeeming himself in his own mind it will be interesting to see what happens when they all meet up again and how this all goes down yeah. whether that happens in season four who knows but that might be a season five thing because um, it's interesting that the other question they put up there was that like the way they described it was the mind flare was supposed to be the boss thing the main thing in the upside down and that Vecna is kind of like one of its super powerful generals. But this seems more like Vecna's the one in control. Yeah. Mind Flare is probably dead, possibly, as far as all we know. We know the Demogorgon's gone and the Demodogs are gone and whatnot. It's probably more of those things in the Upside Down, but there's no, seen them there's no immediate threat to them right now. So do they finish this season with killing Vecna? And then some new threat shows up in Season 5? Or is it like Vecna gets away... And then some bigger conflict happens that finally closes it all out in season five. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see where they go with it. Um, but this definitely feels like if you ever wanted to see like wanted like it and all the Stephen King stories have like this connected universe, that's what Stranger Things feels like. It feels like a connected universe of uh, Stephen King uh, type of monsters and creatures. Um, it'll be nice to see that expand even more. Um, I'm glad that I think they ended at five seasons though, right? They're not going yeah. through. Yeah. Originally they were gonna try and do six seasons, but with COVID, I think it screwed them over on doing that, so they're just gonna round it off to five. That's probably why the episodes are hour and a half instead of being yeah. cut shorter for more episodes and more seasons, do an hour and a half episode, 
get through the story. Because also, all these kids are getting getting old, or in the, and they're all they're all going through people all growing up and being and becoming adults. It's like yeah, it's this a big kid. jump from season three to season four on their age, and they're like, oh, it's only been like one school year, like, and it's, it's been like, like mm, yeah, it's been like six months. <laughs> they they look a lot older than just six months. That at some point you gotta come to a conclusion of the story. I'd rather have it conclude while they're kids in high school and not have it going on. To no, no, no. You don't want to do them a being adults. <laughs> yeah, because it's gonna get. You're not gonna have enough story to keep it going. No. Um. So hopefully, uh, it should end good. So far, four seasons of absolute pure genius and good storytelling, and good TV. So definitely can recommend watch it. Um. And tell us what you thought of Stranger Things. Tell us what you thought of Obi-Wan if you've been watching it. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, I think Obi-Wan's going to be a great show to continue watching. And Stranger Things is uh, still going to be even better to see what they do with Season 4 and Season 5. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show uh, for this week. And thank you for tuning in. And we'll catch you next time where we'll, we might be reviewing TV. We might be reviewing some movies. Who knows? We saw Top Gun. We have a review of that on the uh, Nerd Crusade webpage. <laughs> and what next week is probably going to be Jurassic World. Yes, yeah, my <laughs> trash. My trash. Whatever we can go get the chance to see that. Um, other than that, though, uh, thank you for listening. And you can find us uh, wherever you find all your podcasts at, at either apple.com, podcast, Spotify, uh, iTunes, and all that stuff. Uh, look us up and hit that subscribe button. All right. Thanks and have a great day. Bye.